Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. Just a man with a nickname, always allowed to say with no shame. Finally making it back here for the po- on the podcast. Been a couple weeks for me. Excited to be back. Monday, October 17, 2022. Hope all is well out there with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Plenty of stuff happening in the sports world. Tons of stuff to touch on as the NBA is back this week for all us Hoopers, NBA fans. Excited to see a new season upon us. Already a third of the way through the 2022-23 NFL season after finishing up week six of action yesterday in the NFL and a Monday night football game tonight. Sports just churning on by, churning on by. You got the MLB postseason taking place right now as the NLCS is set. And who would have thought the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres are in the NLCS? Neither the Dodgers or the Mets are in the NLCS. Unfucking believable. I feel super bad for my friend Smats, diehard Mets fan you've seen here on the podcast. Hasn't been around here on the podcast. Hopefully we'll get him back around soon, but he's got about 170 more days till he can watch Mets baseball again. But baseball is being played, I believe, tonight. Yankees have a chance to make it to the ALDS. Out of the ALDS. Uh, or maybe it's... Maybe I got it right there. I don't know. As you can tell, I'm watching the baseball, watching the football, pumped for the NBA, watching, playing golf, teaching golf. A lot of things happening in my personal life uh try and touch on a few things here before i get out here on the podcast today but i appreciate all the love and support for people who check in on me here on the podcast show any support to what i'm doing with the podcast as i'm hoping to be back around a little more talking some sports get my takes out there and telling you how i feel about things i see in here looking forward to today's episode rich my man rich hot takes letty coming through talking a lot of nba hoops with rich some nfl some betting all things sports with my man rich maybe a sprinkle of non-sports here and there that's how things have kind of gotten here on the podcast i thoroughly enjoy it i thoroughly enjoy coming in here giving my opinions about sports related things non-sports related things and i was kind of in a rut with it for a long time i didn't have not only the space to be able to keep doing it but what seemed like too many people around and not enough people to really give me that spark that I had and now I'm kind of here doing it again completely solo Rich will be back around like I said today but be back coming through hopefully solo in the next coming weeks and getting some of the sports takes out there specifically on the New York football giants go G-men five and one let's go Let's start up the podcast today. Right now, it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone It's always direct. Time to reflect. As always, got a live version of the podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Check that out. Follow along there. You can see my friend Rich here momentarily. Once I queue him up, we'll be starting the pod for today. Looking forward to the chat. Enjoy it. I'm going to start up the recording because I didn't start up the recording. That was first time not doing this in a while, fucking botching everything, of course. But I got the recording going now, so at least I won't miss the entire podcast. Sorry for the people that don't check us out on Twitch. Um, I'm saying, do I have a team? I honestly, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards uh, the Timberwolves. I do think the Timberwolves are a team that 
as much as I've been on the Grizzlies, I think the Timberwolves are a team that if Rudy Gobert is what you say he is and you add him to Anthony Edwards and some of these other pieces, like this should be a team that is not in the playing and potentially winning playoff uh, series. Um, that would be my one team, honestly. And when I look, and this is the other team, dude, that I think that I would throw into this category, but I say this so cautiously because you already know how I feel about this one player, but I think the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Pelicans... If Zion Williamson is able to play, just keep in mind, he didn't play a single game last season. Saw him in the preseason, which, by the way, I saw a lot of guys playing in the preseason, unlike in the NFL and unlike in these other preseasons where you see a lot of guys sitting out. I see a lot of these NBA guys trying to get reps. Zion now hurt. LaMelo hurt. A lot of guys getting nicked up because of it. But they're trying to play, get ready, amped up for a season that I already kind of told you about. I think the Pelicans could be one as two. And those are just two in the West. I guess the East is a little bit more murky when you go and look at some of those bottom, you know, not to, like, what do you consider not a favorite in the East, really? Like, the the Bucks obviously, are there. Like, I think it's a little bit more, I think it's a little more open in the West with just how many teams are going to be in that group. I It's going to be a wild year because, like, just looking at the West right now, like, I think I could list off six teams that I think could win the West. Now, I'm not saying come out of the West and be in the championship. It's probably less than that. But I, in terms of best regular season record, like we've seen teams like uh, the Nuggets do it in the past. Teams like, I'm trying to think of examples, but teams where they're not necessarily our pick to win a championship, but they have that camaraderie. They have a really good team. Yeah, we've seen the, the Jazz season. do it a few times and get bounced every round in the Jazz first round. Yeah. Atlanta Hawks back in the day. And yep. I think the Timberwolves could be my pick for a team like that. I wouldn't pick the Timberwolves to be in the conference finals. Not that it can't happen, but I wouldn't be picking them to represent the West in the conference finals. But I don't think it would be crazy if the Timberwolves end up as a top three seed this year. Like Again, I really respect what Rudy Gobert brings to a team's defense. I don't think he's a liability at the playoffs, but I think his skills are better served in the regular season than they are in the playoffs where he can just anchor an entire defense and not have to worry about teams targeting him, trying to play him off the floor kind of thing. So I think the Timberwolves, or yeah, Timberwolves, as you said right there, could easily be a top three seed. I think the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back could be a top three seed. And I think a team like the Suns could be a top three seed and keep doing what they've been doing the last few years. And guess what? None of those three teams would even be like my top three teams to make it out of the West. They're just the teams that I think could be like some of the best regular season teams. And then we get to the playoffs and I'm like, well, what about the Clippers? What about the Warriors? What about, you know, if yeah. somehow they make no, it I get, I get exactly what you're saying. I guess my original question is, are you throwing like the Nuggets into that group of like, if they're the last four, if yeah. they're playing in the Western Conference Finals, like you'd be shocked by that? You'd be like shocked by no, that. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I would be, I would be more, I would be, like, I'm saying, like, if the Timberwolves are in the Western Conference Finals, most people will be shocked by that. But I do think, I I do think that's a possibility with how good some of these young and up and coming teams are and how deep the West is, kind of like you're talking about regular season wise. I I hear you on the Clippers. What? The real thing is with how good it's going to be, like, some really good team. Or maybe not really good teams. Yeah, some really good teams are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like Ten teams make the play, and I'm looking at the West right now. I think there are 11 good teams in the West. I think the Thunder are bad. 
the Rockets are bad, the Spurs are bad, and the Jazz are bad. Yep. I think every other team is pretty good. Even the Lakers, who I talk bad about, even the Blazers, who most people are down on, even the Kings, who haven't been good in 20 fucking years. I made, I'll say right now before we get into things, I have three bets for placed for futures bets for the regular season. I placed three of them. Actually, that's not true. I placed more than that, I think. But yeah, I placed three degenerate. in the last oh, We'll keep we'll have, you down a notch. I have the Kings to make the play-in tournament. That's one of my bets. Plus 155 odds. I think the Sacramento Kings are in the play-in. I think they're a seven, there's no chance they're above a sixth seed. I don't think they're one of the worst five teams. I think someone will be below them of those top 11 teams, I think. So Kings in the play-in. My next one, this is plus 1,500 odds, and I just thought it was wild, for the Denver Nuggets to be the highest-scoring team in the league. They've done it plenty of times in the past. They have home court advantage. They have maybe the best offensive player in basketball in Jokic, unless you want to make an argument for Luka right now. Um, I don't think it's crazy at all to have the Denver Nuggets as the top-scoring team in basketball. And my final bet is the New York Knicks to be in the play-in tournament as well as the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, different conference, but those are the three things I'm confident on. And honestly, my reason for saying that, again, on the whole theme here is like, I think the Knicks are a pretty good team. I also put a sizable bet for them to be in the play-in tournament because I think they are significantly worse than the other really good teams in the Eastern Conference right now. So, like, the Easts are so deep. Like, I truly think, like, just to, just before we go into anything else, like, if you picture a team like the Washington Wizards from when, when they had, like, Bradley Beal, John Wall, Marcin Gortat, like, when they were, yep. like, going to the second round a few years ago, I don't think that team is really better than the Knicks right now. I just think the league is so much deeper than it was literally just like eight years ago from right now. Like yep. that, I literally think the teams that the Knicks are going to have this year is probably better than that Wizards team that I think made it. Did they make it to a conference finals? If not, they made it to the second round multiple times in the in the mid two thousands. The league is just so deep right now. And like I talked to so many Knicks fans, like, dude, you think the Knicks are a nine seed? You're like, what are you are you out of your mind? It's like, I'm not. You have to look at what's on the other teams. I think the Knicks are a pretty good roster. I think there are eight teams with significantly better rosters. So I'm excited for the NBA this year. I think it's going to be really deep. I think it could be a year where if we're going to do our rankings, maybe on the next one or something when we do this, even if it's a few games into the season, if we yeah. actually do the rankings yep. again, I think it's something where we could have something like, oh, I think the Clippers are going to be the one seed. And we could have literally the Clippers come in with the eight seed. And there could be a three-game difference between the one and the eight seed with how close and how good some of these teams are. So it's going to be a wild year. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like, when you look at – this is, like, my main knock with baseball, which, I mean, I guess you're getting a little bit of that spice now with some teams that weren't everyone talking about going to make it actually getting through. Like, you look at – dude, there's got to be – like you said, what, four teams in the West and maybe a couple in the East? Are we, we got 25 teams that have a chance to, like, compete this year, like, legitimately compete and, like, make a run. Or for the, You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it seems pretty wide open. I know you got, like, favorites on both sides when you look at both conferences, but the way you're describing it as well, like, I don't think it's crazy that the Bucks are the number one seed and absolutely crushed through the East. I also wouldn't think it's crazy they're, like, the five seed. Like, I, I, I don't think that's crazy with – these other teams in the East, who knows what's going on with the Nets? I think when we're talking about the West, like we you mentioned Luka, but like we don't even talk about Dallas really. And like they were in the Western yeah. Conference Finals last year, and Luka is primed to win an MVP in this league if he can just come into shape. So yeah, like it's yeah. kind of goes back to my whole thing with the Pelicans too, which we didn't really talk about. And it's like I know you're a bigger Zion guy than me. It's like, bro, if Zion's able to play, like they have a squad. And as much as I like the Kings Pelicans as well, are going to be good 
My only concern, only concern with the Pelicans is I think they're relying a lot on CJ McCollum. And I like CJ McCollum. Just like he is their point guard, shooting guard, everything. And like Brandon Ingram can play some point forward. They'll play some point Zion at times. But you need someone to be playing in your backcourt and you need some shooters. And it's, they don't, they let Lonzo go. He's her. Um, I guess they have. Devontae Graham, right? But he hasn't been playing very well. They have Alvarado, but he's more the defender. Like, if something ever happened to CJ, and I don't like doing this because a lot of teams are in a bad spot. Like, if something happens to this guy, they'll be toast. But, like, CJ is going to be carrying a heavy load for this team, like, as an undersized guard heading into his 30s kind of things. Like, I would like the Pelicans a lot more if they had another guy in the backcourt to take some of the weight off of CJ. But if they stay healthy, they have, yeah, they, they have a team that, I could almost see them, again, it's what we go back to in the beginning. I think the Timberwolves have a shot, even if it's small, at literally being a one seed. But I see a team like the Pelicans having a better shot at actually being in it when it matters at the end just because of how the roster is put together. Uh, you threw in a beat. I just got to get the, your thoughts on this real quick. I, t- I threw in one future on the NBA. It was a boost that they put out, which I literally I had to get my money budgeted correctly to be able to do this because I'm like, this is a lock. I'm like, this has to be a lock the way I've yeah. been feeling about the season. Nuggets to get 50 plus wins, Bucks to get 50 plus wins, Kings to get 35 plus wins. I I think that's I a lot. About to say 50 plus wins to me. I think that's a lot, bro. I think the Kings. I think the Kings will win 35 games this this season at least. And I think you got 50 wins from the Nuggets and the Bucks. And you know how I feel about the Nuggets. I'm not real high on them, but like I'm high on Jamal Murray. And if he's back healthy and Jokic is still playing, like he's playing, I mean, I don't see how the Nuggets can't win. 65 games nuggets, even if even if they're nuggets, having a bad season 65 is a lot but nuggets won 48 last year without jamal murray and with porter jr for like 10 games and they got bruce brown and they got kcp i think the nugget like again i'm not i'm not really picking anyone right now like if we we're going to pick people to win a title it's like the obvious like the box the clipper like you know those teams that just have the star power i'm not picking the nuggets to win a title but like i do think the nuggets will be like an easy five games plus better i think i think that's a good bet right there the scariest one would be the kings um and i bet on them to make the play in they were only at 30 wins last year full season of sabonis keegan murray davion mitchell take another step i think the kings get 35 wins as well but i think that would be uh the the scary one out of those probably Um, yeah the bucks were only at 51 last year so you don't want to see them take a step back but i think that's a fair bet yeah um so if I asked you, like, you think the Nuggets are the best team in the West? Then, like, if you, who you, who, if like, if you were no. like, if we're starting out the season right now, like, heading in, this is the team is that it to I think be a one seed or to win the championship. This to is be a one seed or win the championship. This is one seed. This is this is the. I think this will be the best team this year in the West, right here. I kind of want to get up um, DraftKings odds in a second to see how they have it, but before. I do that, I'll make my pick. Um, I don't think it's going to be the Suns. I think they take a step back. It could be incredible in the regular season. I think if the Suns want to win a ring, you need to. Chris Paul needs more rest going into the playoffs, and you can't have Chris Paul run into a wall. So I'm not picking the Suns. I do think the Mavs take a little step back with no Jalen Brunson. Not picking them. Not picking the Grizzlies with no Jaron Jackson most of the year. So like. I think the Clippers are going to be good. I don't think they're going to step into one seed with all the rest they're going to be taking. So that 
we're literally I'm not picking the Timberwolves even though they have a shot. So I'm I'm basically narrowing it down to Warriors and Nuggets right now are my two that I haven't said anything about. Warriors I know the Warriors and Nuggets. are going to have better I know the Warriors are going to have better odds at being the one seed than the Nuggets off coming off the title, off being five games better last year, but hmm, I'll pick the I'll I'll pick the Warriors. Um I wouldn't be picking them to win a ring right now, but they lost Raymond for half of last season. Klay Thompson only came back in the playoffs. Another year of Jordan Poole being better. Kaminga and Moody probably getting more playing time being better. I think the Warriors are the safest bet to be the one seed in the West. Really? And like at the wow. End, and at the end, well, I mean, I'm almost positive Vegas is going to agree with that. Like, they're probably getting negative odds on the Warriors being the one seed. Like it's probably plus odds for everyone else. I'm going to look at it right now, but yeah, I I think they're the the favorite to be the one seed coming into the new year. You know, it's so funny. We, we literally talked for about, I don't know, 15 minutes about the upcoming season, how great it's. And we didn't mention the defending championship golden state warriors to now. And you know, all this stuff going on with them in the headlines is not good. Like Draymond green blasting Jordan pool in the face. Obviously, didn't get suspended for it. Whatever. This shit happens. They just got cameras on it, so everyone's making a big deal out of it. But I'm more looking at it like, if we're talking about how deep the NBA is, particularly the West, if we're just going to stick in the West for a second, like, I don't see the Warriors as that team that's like, oh, man, like, we need to have the number one seed to to win a championship. Like, I don't see them trying to, I I don't see them trying to burn out and, like, win every single game, like. I look at other teams trying oh, to, to do that stuff. So, for me, I'm looking at the Warriors like, yeah, they're going to be there. Like, they're going to be in the playoffs, obviously. You have Steph Curry. You have Klay Thompson. You have Draymond Green. You got some of these other young guys are waiting to see. Like, they're going to be in this conversation, I assume. But at the same time, like, if you're going to say the if factor with, like, C.J. McCollum, like, I would, I would go with the same type of uh, thing with, like, the Golden State well, they're Warriors. In different, they're in a different tier, I think they're in a different tier than the Pelicans, though. Like, at the end of the day, no matter how we feel about these teams, I think it's important to remember, like, this this core of the Warriors has been playing together, if you want to include Poole in it, for, like, three, four years. If you want to say Draymond, Steph, and Clay, like, ten years now. So, like, I think that does matter. Like, a few when we started this podcast up, my bet for the best team the first two years, I think, were the Nuggets both times because they were that team, like, bringing back the majority of their core, still needed to fight for it, but... I think the main difference this year is like it's so I'll share my screen quick because I have the DraftKings odds up, but like it's so tight, like we were talking about between some of these teams and how good a lot of these teams are going to be that I feel like for me it's just safer to pick the team that has more reasons on their sides than everyone else. So the Clippers are actually the favorite, which surprises me, is the Western Conference winner with the Warriors right behind them. Plus three twenty and plus three thirty. See, my answer was going to be the Clippers. My answer was going to be the Clippers, and the reason why I wanted to just ask you about this quick, like, what you just think Kawhi is not going to play? Like, you just take a load management? Like, what are we waiting on? Paul, Paul, like, is Paul George going to play? Like, if Kawhi's playing and Paul George is playing with some of these pieces, and you bring in John Wall, like, I do think the Clippers have a chance to be the best team in the West if Kawhi is on the team. Like, we haven't even. Kawhi is almost the same as Zion, where it's like, bro, can you just get on the court? Like, what is going on? Like, can you just play a game? Like, and I get it. He's had some injuries and trying to work through those and rehab. But, like, the whole fucking load management that, like, if you're if you're good, like, just play. Like, this is what it's just weird. Like, this shit's going to happen so, if if you're 
taking load management anyways is my point for Kawhi Leonard. So like this whole thing with Kawhi, like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird for me, but I guess you got to have that in the conversation when we're talking about it. Cause that's just what he does. But I don't see him doing that as much last, this season, honestly, if he's healthy. In the last two years, Anthony Davis has played more games than um, Kawhi has and then Paul George has. So, like, they have each missed a lot of time. I'd say the argument in favor of the Clippers would be Ty Lue had one of the best coaching jobs in the year last year, getting them to 42 wins without Kawhi the whole year, without Paul George there a majority of the year. They have a really deep team. Just for me, when it comes to them and the Warriors – Again, the Warriors have had this core together 10 years. We're hoping Paul George, Kawhi stay healthy, which they haven't been. They're integrating John Wall into an offense. He hasn't played much basketball the last few years. So, like, there are more question marks for me around the Clippers. And, again, it's not that they can't. Like, if we're looking at this, if we're looking at the conference uh, um, odds that I have up in front of me right now, you could literally make an argument to me that, I don't know, nine of these teams up to the okay i'm not giving you the lakers and i'm probably not giving you the mavericks just with how little help luca has to be the one seed but like i think you could tell me the suns the clippers the warriors the nuggets the grizzlies and the pelicans all end up as the one seed this year and i could be like yeah okay like very good chance that can happen in my opinion so i don't feel strongly that it's the warriors but i just lean towards them because like they've had the same core together and even if draymond if if Play or missing some time like they have so many guys waiting in the wings that can come up and play valuable basketball clippers are similar like that but just a, just a quick thought uh what do we got we got sixers celtics and lakers warriors tomorrow night that's opening night right tomorrow night already yep. october 18th yep um crazy you know, i'm checking in on those games like celtics are favored uh warriors are favored like I saw the Celtics play a preseason game the other Celtics night. They're playing two, the Raptors. Um, what? I said Celtics favored by two, Warriors favored by six and a half. Yeah, I saw that. So, I guess my question here is, like, without talking too much on the Lakers, like, do they have any chance to win this game? Like, I think people – I think just as much as, as, much as things have gotten kind of – out of control with the Lakers. Like, I think people are just disrespecting LeBron James. Like LeBron James is still playing. (laughs) Anthony Davis is signed up to play right now. As long as he doesn't get hurt, he'll probably finish this game. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot going on with the pieces they brought in and obviously with Russ, but what I'm seeing is Russ is on the team. He's probably going to be coming off the bench. They're, They're looking to try and integrate him to still be a part of the team. And I know everyone's got an opinion on that. But I do think that if Anthony Davis, Russ is able to kind of contribute in his ways without being a fucking total disaster, and you have LeBron James with some of these other guys that I know aren't big names or, oh, this guy's a nasty shoot. Dude, I think Austin Reeves, Kendrick Nunn, some of these pieces that they have out there are better than what they had out there before. Sorry to your guy, Melo. Sorry to your fucking... Uh, to my guy, Russ, which they're going to ask him to shoot. I really hope not. But at this point, like, I think people have gotten to a point where do you really think the Lakers aren't going to be – do you think the Lakers are going to be in the below the plan, in the plan again like last season? Like, I don't. I, I do not think that's going to be the case. I'd, I'd have to have Anthony Davis and LeBron James missing a ton of time, by the way, like they did last season. So I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think so many people are disrespecting the Lakers, and I get it's kind of been a dumpster fire, but, like, dude, you have LeBron James. Like, I'm pretty sure the Lakers are going to be pretty good, even with all these stacked teams. I think people are underrating them a little bit. I'm, I'm taking the Lakers to win the game tomorrow night against the Warriors. I got it on the money line. No problem. I don't think it's insane to pick the War- Lakers to win the ga- game at all. I mean, I'll probably be picking the Warriors. Just I don't usually do the narrative things, but I feel like they'll be coming out with something to prove. It'll be, it'll be the ring ceremony, all the Draymond chatter. It seems like him and Jordan Poole are as cool as you can be after something like that happens. <laughs> Jordan Poole has given a few quotes about it, but like, I'd probably be picking the Warriors, but I don't think it's insane to pick the Lakers. Like, I don't think the Lakers have a team that fits very well together, but one of the biggest issues for the Lakers is age, health, wearing down over time. Hopefully game one of the season is the healthiest and the most ready to go LeBron and AD can possibly be. So, like, I don't think it's insane to pick the Lakers to win the game at all. Um, I just feel like I hate that the Lakers – didn't make some substantial trade because I'm so sick of like, we've had the same conversations for so long. I feel like I don't even have anything left to say on the Lakers. Like, yeah, if LeBron James and AD are like top of their game and healthy, like Lakers should, should hopefully be a top six seed. But like, honestly, you could tell me that LeBron James is first team all NBA and AD's second team all NBA and that the Lakers were the nine seed. And I could be like, I see how that happened because none of the roster fits together besides them. Like, my biggest thing is, on the Lakers as a whole, LeBron James re-signed this summer. He didn't have to. He chose to. So, to me, that means if he went out of his way to re-sign, I would imagine the Lakers basically made a promise to him of, like, we will trade these picks. Just, like, let us – give us some time this year. Let us find the right offer. Let's not do this Pacers trade right now. I don't see why LeBron James would re-sign before the season when he didn't have to, unless the Lakers were basically like, dude, if you do this, we promise to trade these picks. Cause like he wants a team that can win. Now I would bet almost anything. The team that they have right now is not the team that they have going past the trade deadline this year. I don't know if it's miles Turner. I don't know if it's buddy healed. I don't know if it's some other team. I don't know, but I think they're going to find a piece or two that fits more like Rob Blinka can't be this like, Anyone that casually watches the NBA knows you surround LeBron James with shooters and defenders. They've got some like more athletic wings who can kind of do that this year. And Pat Bev, Lonnie Walker's an athletic wing, but not a defender or a shooter really. Like, I don't know. I think it sucks that they lost Malik Monk. I don't think losing Melo is a big deal, but like would help to have someone that could shoot like him a little bit right now. Like they need some shooters on their team. They need some more defenders, even though they got Pat Beverly. This is not a this is not even close to a conference finals team for me. Like if we're going to say that the greatness of LeBron and AD gets them there, to like a top six seed. Like, okay, they could definitely do that. But I think they are far less talented than the Grizzlies, than the Nuggets, than the Warriors, than a, a lot of Pelicans, than a lot Timberwolves, a lot of these other teams. Like if I had to guess where the Lakers finish right now, and again, everyone will be really close. I would probably pin them in like around the eight seed. Seven eight seed would probably be one of my guesses. I don't think it'd be crazy to see them as the nine ten, to be honest. But all right, all right. again, so much of this comes down to like, do they make a trade? Who ends up on their team? Yeah, eight seed would be my guess if I had to. Yeah, I I I don't know. I so I guess I guess my response to that would be is they're gonna be the eight seed and move Russ. Are you saying they're gonna keep Russ and then then that's where they're gonna be the eight seed like? 
I would imagine Russ isn't on their team after the trade deadline. I would imagine their team's a little better after the trade deadline, but I, like it's all it's all like predicting such tiny shit because I think teams are going to be really close this year. I just, me personally, even if they make a trade, it's not going to be for the first few weeks of the season. Probably won't be for the first month or two. It'll probably be around like Christmas, New Year time, like when teams start making trade. I don't see a way personally where they are better than Timberwolves, Pelicans, Warriors, Nuggets, Grizzlies. So that's putting them at the sixth seed, and I haven't said like I didn't say Clippers. I don't see where they're better than the Clippers. Now they're at the seventh seed, and I haven't said some other good teams as well in there. So like, I I don't know. I think they're in the play no matter what. I don't think they have a talented enough team. I don't think their team fits enough. Not talented enough because they clearly have talent. I don't think their team fits together well enough to be better than those teams I just listed. Yeah. So what I'm gathering from you is, regardless of what happens with Russ, you got the Lakers as a seven seed or lower. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if they make a substantial trade in the next month, then I guess that could change things if it's early enough. But like, interesting. I think they're going to play probably half the season with something very close to the team that they have right now, and I think that's less talented than all those other teams. If Anthony Davis can play games for a month, I think we'll have a different conversation a month from now. But I'll digress. Um. I'm just curious before we move know, on, like, maybe chat, else. banter, NFL, anything else you got before we got to or you got to go today or whatever. We'll talk talk when we can. What's good uh, on the east side um, for you? You who if you think the Bucks? You got the Bucks. You're kind of big Bucks guy. You got them as your best team in the East, or you got something different for me? Riding with the Celtics, even though their coach is cheating on his wife, or what's good? <laughs> The Celtics, everything comes down to how how Rob Williams comes back from injury. Like, I guess some of it comes down to how they click with the new coach. I just think this team's too talented to where, like, the coaching would have to be really bad for them to take a substantial step backwards. I think if they take a step backwards in the first month, it's going to be missing Rob Williams. Like, there's only so – like, Al Horford's been great the last year or two. But, like, what is Al Horford now? Like, 35? Like, you want him doing that in the playoffs. You don't want to play Al Horford 34 minutes a night in the regular season, giving him all the burn at center. I don't even know who their next centers are. Like they signed Blake Griffin. You don't want him playing more than 10 minutes a night. They have Grant Williams. Like he's more of a power forward. Like I think it could get a little messy for the Celtics without Rob Williams. I think it's super important what he brings to them. I think he probably would have been the defensive player of the year if he was healthy all of last year, either him or Bam. If we were in a league where injuries were turned off, I think it would have been both of them, but they both missed a good amount of time. So I'm, not going to pick the Celtics, but like I say all that to say, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Rob Williams, if I knew a month from now Rob Williams is back and healthy, I'd probably pick the Celtics. Really? That's fucking insanity to me. To be the best team in the East, the one seed. Wow. That is nuts to me. Yeah. It's tough. I I don't know. I actually, you know what? You know what? You know what? I take that back. I, I, but I don't don't think Rob Williams going to be healthy like it's the bucks it's the bucks. hold on just hold on a Not fucking second. Look, look, second you're oh. trying to tell me that the two best teams in in, yeah. the, in basketball right now are the warriors in the west and the celtics in the east two teams that i've come out here and said i don't even think should have made the, the finals are... if we could have eliminated the ifs and all this other stuff i I think the Celtics take more of a step back than the Warriors. A, because of the thing going on with their coach. B, because of the stuff that went on with Jalen Brown. 
C, because of all this stuff you're talking about, Robert Williams and camaraderie of the team and new pieces, like Blake Griffin getting time with the Celtics. Like, all right, dude, I get the Celtics bring everything and the best out of everybody, including Al Horford, but I don't see Blake Griffin turning into a fucking all-star. I'm looking at the Celtics, bro, and I'm like, really? Are we just basing it after off their run last season that, oh, they're going to be back and running again? No, no, I don't fucking, I don't see that at all. I see the Bucks were hurt. I see Ben Simmons back on the Nets. I see James Harden hopefully in shape. I don't see the Celtics at all as a threat in the East. Really, I think they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be in the playoffs. They'll be in the playoffs, but I don't see them as a threat of representing the East at all. The Boston Celtics. I really don't. Okay, well you're in the minority. They have the best odds of any team to win, to win their division. So you're in the minority on that one. Um, the Celtics. I don't know if I. Now that I'm the more I'm talking through it, I don't think Robert Williams is going to be back right away. I think it's going to be a month or two until he's playing like his full minute load based off his injury history, based on being a big guy, based off of the injury. So I probably wouldn't pick the Celtics, but I guess I was kind of getting the questions put together in my head. If you're asking me come playoff time, you know, assuming health, who I think is the best team, I think the Celtics might be the best team if Robert Williams is healthy, but I, I can't pick the Bucks. I can't pick them over the Bucks to win the East this year. Like I think the Bucks win that Celtics series last year had Chris Middleton and Ben healthy. We're going to assume everyone's healthy now. I think Giannis is the best player in the league right now. So, like, I will pick the Bucks to be the one seed there. But I think the Celtics have the best defense in the league if Robert Williams is healthy. I don't think it was – I could be wrong. I don't think that was Udoka's scheme necessarily. I think that was how all these players can play together. And I think if it was Udoka's scheme, the assistant coach should be able to replicate that with an even better defensive core this year if Robert Williams is healthy since now we have Malcolm Brogdon who's decent on defense taking away some of those Pritchard minutes so I think the Celtics only improved if Robert Williams is healthy I still do think the Bucs are the best team in the East it shocks me that the Nets have better odds to finish on top of the East than the Bucs do I think Giannis is the best player in the league if I had to just real quick before we move on if I had to pick like a lower shot here just looking at the odds I think the best low odds team to pick to win the East or the West would be the Timberwolves, as we talked about earlier, plus 1,800 for the Timberwolves to win the West. I don't think they're going to necessarily, but I think they have like the talent and the pieces on their team too. Like You want an elite defense if you're going to have the best record in your conference. Rudy Gobert versus Sixers, Bucks, Celtics don't. Don't win the East. All right. I think if you want wanted to get crazy, maybe you go ahead and pick the Sixers to win the East. But I don't know. Yeah. So you know how I feel about the Heat. I think the Heat are better than the Celtics. Are are the Sixers better than the Celtics? You got the Celtics better than the Sixers, dude. What? You think? Okay. Stop. 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 What's good? Uh, are you good? Uh, I mean, yeah. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I was like, probably um, it was probably glitching because my thing was coming out. Um, I think the Heat are better than the Celtics. You the Seventy Sixers. Um, you have the Celtics can, better than the Seventy Sixers. If they're both healthy, yes. But like, I think those two are very close. I think the. Celtics are way better than the Heat. Okay. I think the Heat got way worse. I think and Lowry's you got kind of washed. I think I 
think Tyler Hero is your number two. I don't think the Heat are very good this year. I'm low on the Heat this year. That's fair. The Nets. You have the Celtics better than the Nets this year. Yeah, yes, but like again, so much of this is like the Rob Williams injury. Like they're going to be within two, three games of each other. They're probably like yes. I think if Rob Williams is healthy and those two teams are playing each other in the playoffs, I would be picking the Celtics. Okay, so if they're playing. Yes, yeah, so you got the Celtics. You, hear me? you good? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I get all right. That yeah, I get what you're saying. Like come playoff time, but I guess I'm. I guess leading into it is like I think the the Heat have a better chance to be better than the Celtics standing wise. I think the Celtics can be behind the Nets and the Sixers as well, and then that leaves out the Bucks. So, I mean, it's. I think it's crazy to me how deep it is, and you're right. I mean, the Heat could be the Heat could definitely take a be. step Again, back. Like so much of this, so much of this comes down to. So much of it comes down to the Rob, Rob Williams injury because they were the best defense in the league last year. And even though Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, Rob Williams was the best defender on that best defense. So, like, to me, so much of it comes down to him uh, if he's healthy. If you were to, like, 28 to 30 minutes a night, and I'd be like, oh, shit. Shit, the Celtics could literally be a six seed right down to Rob Williams, but he's going to be the one seed. And why I'm, I know we were talking about who's going to be the one seed, but when we're talking about the Celtics, I'm kind of defaulting to like playoffs because it's like, well, by then, if Rob Williams is healthy, they would be my pick. But yeah, it, it's, it's all it's all tough to talk about this time of year, honestly. But for anything, but I think they'd be like the, the sneaky pick for stuff. I can't trust James Harden anymore to do it in the playoffs, but I think this is without a doubt the most talented team Harden and Embiid have both been on, and without a doubt the team that will require the least from Harden. So nights he's been having, this team should be more adept to deal with them, with having an ascending Tyreek Matthew with Maxi, with having Joel Embiid. They brought in DeAnthony Melton. They got P.J. Tucker there to play some defense. They still have Tobias Harris to pick up the scoring load. Like, I think this was, without a doubt, the deepest team that Harden and Embiid have both been on. Now, Harden was much better when he was on some of his other Rockets teams or maybe even some of those Nets team. He was a much better version of himself. But my whole thing is, like, this isn't a trusting James Harden thing. It almost makes me feel safer about not having to trust James Harden. It's like, hey, I, you know what? Maybe Max, he's only a step or two back from what Harden is right, right now. And on those nights when Harden's playing pretty terribly, Max, he can run that offense. I don't know. A lot comes down to what you get from Harden in the playoffs. But I think this could easily be the number one seed in the East this year. They could have the second best player in the East behind Giannis and Embiid. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I feel about Harden, but if he can just be a version of himself with, letting Embiid be the guy with Tyrese Maxey and all those moves that they made. I get Doc Rivers is still coaching the team, but I do like the Sixers. I like the Sixers to have a good season and definitely be up there, obviously dependent on health of Joel Embiid. Um, All right. Well, I guess 
let's try and talk. I wanted to ask you just real quick, um, about a third of the way through the NFL season. So I just want to know, I got all kinds of Eagles fans, including my friend Duke. So you got the Eagles as the best team in the NFC right now? I don't know how you say it's not. Um, I know your Giants have been great. Like, look, I mean, this is the easiest way to look at it. There's not a single four-win team in the NFC. There are two five-win teams. They are the Giants and the Vikings. Hats off to both of them for having a great season. I don't think most people think the Giants and the Vikings are better than the Eagles. So there's no four-win team. There's two five-win teams, and the Eagles are the undefeated team. Like, I think it's tough to make a case for there being a better team than the Eagles in in the NFC right now. Because, like, then you get to the uh, um, – oh, excuse me. There is a four-win team. It's the it's the Cowboys there. I missed them. But who the Eagles beat last night. And then you start dropping down to three-win teams. So it's like – I don't think anyone's saying the Bucks or the Packers are better than them right now. Fuck no. I don't think anyone's saying the Rams are better than them right now. So it's like, I don't, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know who to position an argument for. Like as good as the Giants and Vikings have done, I could not put together an argument for you of why either one of them is better than the Eagles. So like, I'm not saying the Eagles run away with it, but I think it's really hard to make an argument for anyone being better than the Eagles in the NFL. Yeah. So the Eagles will run away with it. They have the easiest schedule in football. Um, they're already six and zero. The last undefeated team in the NFL, the only remaining undefeated team in the NFL, and not only, not only are they obviously winning and kind of dominating some of these games, and obviously with an easier schedule, but really nobody. The only question mark we really had was, or at least for me, for a lot of people on the Eagles, was Jalen Hurts, and I think he's putting those questions to bed pretty early on in this season. Um, with how he's playing, um, so yeah, I mean, I couldn't, ag- I couldn't agree more. I'm happy for Dukes. I think the the Eagles are primed to be the number one seed in the NFC. Like, if they're not, they must. Uh, Jalen Hurts got hurt for the season. Um, I said it going back to, I think it was week two or maybe it was week three, where the Vikings played the Eagles, and I said whoever wins this game, I think will be the number one seed in the NFC. Vikings have not lost any other games. They lost that game looking like the Eagles are on the front case. I don't think the Eagles are going to lose that many games. I I think my Giants have a chance to beat them. We play them week 14, week 18. But other than that, I look through the rest of their schedule and I'm like, they might lose one game. Like, maybe. Like, They could lose. I mean, they have in in the last... Six weeks of the season, they played the Giants twice and the Cowboys once. They're yeah, losing one division matchups. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, the yeah, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. A, they're gonna lose a couple games. I, I think you you got them safe to lose maybe one to two games. Um, but I don't see many more than that. And when I'm looking around the rest of the NFC, like I do like the Vikings, and obviously I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I'm excited that we're literally two way two wins away from breaking our uh, season win total on the season. Um, I think we have a chance to make the playoffs, which is incredible. Absolutely incredible heading into the season. Everything I've been hearing about the G-Men and it's having to stand up on a hill by myself alongside diehard Giants fans. But um, they're definitely for real, man. And I think you look at some of these teams that we thought were for real, the Cardinals, 
They're not even going to make the playoffs. The Rams, they got some issues. The Bucks have some issues. So does Tom Brady. And, you know, I look at how things are shaking out in the NFC, and I'm like, literally the NFC East might be the best division in football right now. And everyone talking about how it's so shitty all the time. And it was. It was shitty for a couple of years because multiple teams were bad in it. But the teams were very close, which I don't think is shitty. Um, I like watching close games, not fucking 70-point blowouts. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, great game. Georgia, 70 to nothing against Vanderbilt. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, I don't understand how people support that shit. I, I mean, I'm down with watching football. I love football, and I watch the good, what I call good college football games. But I don't understand why you don't put those on all the time. Like, it's only 10, 11 weeks. Like, you see what the, the NFL does, which is put on fucking literally the most parody, the most parody in sports anything can happen any given sunday all the mottos and it's just it's the best it's literally the best and i think the nba has gotten closer to that with less teams that really the bottom feeder where it's like oh man they're never gonna beat this team like nope it's happened it will happen and so yeah, I'd have to agree with you, dude. I'd have to shout out Dukes and say that the Eagles are the best team for sure in the NFC. But talking about it a little bit last week, I just um, or two weeks ago, whenever the fuck I was here. Um, but my Giants are right there, so just want Duke to keep that in mind. I mean, I just looked at the Eagles' schedule. Like you said, it is absurd. The teams they play the rest of the year. Their yeah. next three weeks are Steelers, Texans, uh, Commanders. That's yep. like. I mean, I, I know the Steelers just got a win, but yikes. And just looking through, like, I'm glad you asked the question because just looking through the NFC standings when you asked me that question, like, I would have been like, no, like, the, the Eagles aren't a lock to win it. And I'm looking through it, and it's like, yeah, I'm not betting the Giants or the Vikings to have a better end to the season than them. Like, I think the Giants and the Vikings have kind of overexceeded expectations a little bit at the first half of the season, whereas the Eagles, it's like, look at the season their schedule the rest of the way it's yeah it's, i really struggle to see how they lose three games this year like i think they'd have a it meant, means they had a very bad last 11 games if they won lose three games yeah <laughs> these aren't teams they should be losing to no i agree and it's incredible what's happened to tom brady aaron Rodgers, like how some of these other guys have been looking how the saints have been looking like that defense that normally looks pretty good like it's just all these other teams that i think we thought would be a little bit better than they are right now it's the Eagles and not much else in the NFC. I'm glad the Giants are having the season they're having because at least it gives, I guess, something to talk about there. I don't know how many people consider it like a real threat to the Eagles, but it's something better than we'd have if they weren't doing it. Yeah, well, I don't know how much of a threat it is to the Eagles for the division. We're at least there, but I think the Giants can make the playoffs. And there you got three teams slated out of the NFC East to make the playoffs right now. Who would have thunk that? Um, yeah, Crazy. so Especially it is funny. It won. is funny to me really how things have kind of shaken out for Aaron Rodgers, how they've shaken out for Tom Brady, and I get it. They, they can turn it around, and they yep. still got some time, but it is not going good for those guys, and it is it is pretty alarming to see how those guys are playing when they get talked about how they get talked about still. It is kind of how i'm feeling about the whole lakers thing with lebron james like people are just fucking acting like oh man like 
it's like, what, dude? You're going to put say the Bucks are Super Bowl contenders because Tom Brady comes back. You're going to say the Packers are still up there in the NFC East because Aaron Rodgers decides to not retire. Um, and this is how their seasons are starting out, but nobody, wa- nobody wants to say the anything tough, now. The tough thing... Just fucking bullshit, the dude. Tough, Rogers and Brady have been playing it. like shit. No one wants to say it. <laughs> they have. They have. No, they've been awful. The only tough thing about it is, every like as we just went through, so much of the NFC has been awful. I don't think either of us would say we're surprised if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are in the playoffs when it starts. And then you start getting to like the any given Sunday thing where it's like, well, shit, are we 100% sure that Aaron Rodgers can't beat the Eagles and Jalen Hurts in a one-game playoff game? Probably not, but, like, he also can. So it's like, yeah, yeah, fair. I agree with you. It's going to be it's a wild season for the Eagles, but, like, we could be sitting here when it's all said and done, like, how the fuck did we just end up with Bucks versus Packers? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. Something? I get what you're saying, but I don't think the Packers I don't think the Packers even make the playoffs. I got the Vikings win that division. I've had that all year. We talked about that before the year even started. You were high on the Vikings. I was, I had 12 and a half wins plus 650-odd on the Vikings, and they're 5-1 and one right now. I'm feeling pretty fucking good. Um, you have 12 at plus 12 and a half for them? That's insane. I have, yeah, I have the Vikings to win over 12 and a half games at plus 650 odds uh, through like 20 bucks on that. Um, and that shit's live. I had, I have Vikings. I have Vikings to make the playoffs and Vikings to win the division. Two bets in for both of them from before the season. So, yeah, yeah we're both that's huge. You're looking good there. Um, yeah, it is. It is just unbelievable, man. It really is. So many fucking sports happening. I mean, you got the NFL game tonight. You got baseball game. It's just go. fucking crazy, dude. What? One thing before we move on too far. You could tell me that the Vikings were the favorites to win the Super Bowl if someone not named Kirk Cousins was fucking Super Bowl or quarterback in their team. Like, my God, Kirk Cousins is so bad sometimes. Was watching, which is I felt like that game was on red zone a lot yesterday. I know they won. I know they're five and one. Like, holy shit! If they had another quarterback, I feel like they would be so good. Like, Kirk Cousins is not that good, but whatever. <laughs> Oh man, this is like the funny conversations I miss being able to have my with my brother talking. Rather have Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield. My brother's like Baker Mayfield. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Where is this dude at now? Like, uh, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins? I mean, I would rather. I think I would rather have Kirk Cousins still, but like, I'd rather not have either. <laughs> but they're both quarterbacking five and one teams, so I guess here we are. Yep, there we are. Sports, baby, gotta love them. <laughs> um, I got the Bills as the best team in the AFC. You got any uh, argument against that? Um, I mean, it's almost the same thing as the Eagles. Like, it's really tough to make. It's not as ugly over there. I feel like. I guess. I guess actually it's pretty similar. Five win team, two four win teams right now. The four win teams with the Chiefs and the Jets. Okay, I guess it's like equally ugly. Like all the standings, so many three and two win teams in the standings. Um, yeah, I think it's tough to make an argument against them. I think the better, like you can say the Chiefs, and I'm not going to have a good argument as to why it's not the Chiefs other than they literally just lost them yesterday. I missed the second half of that game in the car. But I think the more interesting argument is Eagles versus Bills right now, like who people view as the better team. I think it's going to be Bills. 
in most scenarios. Obviously, they lost that game to the Dolphins that a lot of people think they shouldn't have. Otherwise, they'd be undefeated right now. But it's good that we have two kind of powerhouse teams. It's it's just wild how the standings are looking this year. Like seeing the Jets and the Giants four and two, five and one. The, Pack, the Packers' last two losses are to the Jets and the Giants. Dude, like, you could have straight up, yeah, favorite. dude. Okay, yeah, just just a couple quick notes. Um, heading into the NFL before yesterday's game, so I have to get my notes together after after yesterday's games. But you've had twenty four games decided by three points or fewer. You got four division. You got four divisions with no winning records, and you got fourteen teams at two and two. That's heading in heading into uh, week five. Heading into week five. And then I had the week five. Obviously, yesterday we had week six. It just flies on by. I'm like, I'm taking my notes for the pod, and the next thing you know, I'm like fucking two and a half weeks behind. It's like Jesus Christ. I had fucking six hundred games and two rounds of the MLB postseason, and hockey's back. Next thing you know, NBA's back tonight or tomorrow. Um. But yeah, there's just been so much parody in the NFL with not only like you're talking about the standings, but like watching the actual games and like betting on the actual games. It's I don't I'm literally like at loss for words at it. Like if you could have told if you could if I could have told you you could have won two bets throughout this throughout this NFL season by betting both the New York Giants and New York Jets to win on the money line in back-to-back weeks. Parlayed them together. Would you have ever believed me on that? I, I think that's... F- I, you fucking... Me and Barry got to get together and do a little rain dance and it's fucking pouring outside. Because I did... I not. I had no fucking belief in that. I thought the Giants would win more than seven and a half games. I did not think we'd be 2-0, and now 5-1, and and holy shit, the Jets? Like, they ain't the fucking same old Jets right now. Bryce Hall's that guy. I mean, he's that dude up there. Zach Wilson fucking getting with the Cougars, making him a little bit better, I guess. Not a bad way to do it. Uh, shit. Uh, it's just funny to see the Jets and the Giants doing this right now as the Yankees might get knocked out of the postseason and the Mets have been gone for 12 days. Unfucking believable. Yep. Sorry to my guy Chu. I know he's in a great the deal Knicks of pain. about to come in and suck too. Yeah, the Knicks aren't doing nothing, pal. You're holding your hope oh, on Jalen Brunson. Yeah, They're done You don't got to tell me. <laughs> you don't got to tell me. Oh, man. No, it's just been just been good to have shit on i haven't watched like any preseason basketball i've been watching football every night it's on but pumped to have some basketball on tuesday it'll be good to watch that again pump for sixers first um celtics that should be a really good first game even though there's no rap williams there joel and beat might eat them up i feel like i'll probably be betting the sixers on that yeah for sure they're plus money on that too i don't know i don't know how you're not taking the sixers yeah. in that game. even though they're on the road the sixers, but but I think I'm gonna take the Sixers too. Yeah, dude, I am. The... I'm looking forward to the hoops this week, and I got we got a Monday night football game tonight. Next thing you know, you have Thursday night football, which I need to throw this in. I got a bunch of shit to throw in. I'll probably have to throw it solo because I'm gonna let you go. But they need to cut out Thursday night football, dog. Just cut it the fuck out. Like, I get it. Like Commanders, Bears, nobody wants to talk about it. You can put on Chiefs fucking Bills on Thursday night football. It is just not the same product, bro. It is not. And it's just, like, 
The NFL already rules king. Like, I'm going to watch the game because it's on, but I'm watching the fucking game thinking, bro, can you just put this on, on Saturday then? And I'll fucking skip college football? Thursday night football has to fucking go. It's a joke. It's a money grab for fucking Amazon and fucking Prime yeah. and Twitch and all this shit. And it's fucking ruining the fucking product, which has been incredible this year. Thursday night football sucks ass. I don't... Sucks ass. I don't disagree with you. But it's not going anywhere. But no I do shit. agree. Like I'd rather have it be on on Saturday. Saturday. Whatever. Friday yeah, night. Friday. Give him an extra day. Oh, something. Thursday night football is um, fucking trash. I saw something saying I saw something saying like I forget the exact number, but the Amazon Prime had more sign ups on the first uh, Thursday night football game, like ten times more signups than they've ever had in a day. On no shit, dude. Game. It's Basically, a fucking money like, grab. That's all everything's about. Is money. It's a fucking so, like, joke. They're going, they're going to keep paying whatever they need to to stay there, which means no the shit. NFL will keep it there. So like, it's not going anywhere. But I, I hear you. You know what might help? Maybe let's stop putting fucking Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett on primetime games, and that could only help it be a tiny bit better. Yeah, agreed. That's another thing. I got a bunch of smoke with Chewy on that, because he'd been coming in here telling me how fucking pumped he was to get Russell Wilson, and I told him, I'm like, bro, you got to fucking chill with that, dog. I don't see him turning into the fucking Matthew Stafford of last year. He's been fucking terrible. Russell Wilson has been fucking terrible. Russell Wilson is the most overrated fucking player in this league and has been for a long time. Russell Wilson is sure. terrible, dude. I don't dude. disagree, but <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett is so lucky he's been that bad because I think you can make a real argument that Nathaniel Hackett has been just as bad as Russell Wilson, just it's easier to make fun of the person that's doing awful throws and just missing open receivers, whereas Nathaniel Hackett, it's like, I swear to God, like, it's not like I think I could be an NFL coach. I don't know 1% of what he knows, but I know for a fact I could manage a game of Madden at the end of the game, and I know 99% of people who have played Madden in their life could like manage the clock and some basic decisions at the end of the game. I know there's a lot going on in the heat of the moment, but like, I think a very basic requirement of being an NFL coach, which should not be like, <laughs> what was? I wish I could remember the examples better. We're not doing it often enough, but like this most recent game, like the who they who they play the Colts, the Broncos and the Colts. The Colts could not move the ball the entire fucking game. The entire game. Russell Wilson could not complete a pass the entire game. They had fourth and one. They literally just need to kick a field goal, and the Colts were not driving down the field and fucking scoring a touchdown to beat them. Like, they weren't. And instead, they go for not even a rush. They throw it on fourth and one. Russell Wilson misses a receiver like he'd done every other play of the entire game, so I don't know why anyone's shocked. It's like, yeah, Russell Wilson sucks, but, like, any other coach in the league, I'm pretty sure, wouldn't have let Russell Wilson suck right there because of how bad he had been sucking. It would have been like, no, let's just kick the field goal. The other team can't score for shit. Worst case scenario, they kick a field goal and tie it. They probably don't since they can't move the ball. And they still somehow lose the game. On yeah, that. dude, you, you know what? I feel bad for Chewy, honestly, because he's slipping into the fucking like Joe Judge category of what the Giants were in, where it's like you're priming up a guy that you think is going to be something. He's no, weighing over his head. Worse. I think he's worse. Yeah, he could be. I no, he could worse. be worse. He's already worse than Joe Judge. He could honestly be he's worse. And that's blown, just fucking he, astonishing. I, I don't know how many coaches are responsible have blown three losses for their team in their first six games. Like, what? Uh, Brandon Staley is the only one that comes to mind. He almost did so last week too, by the way, with fucking Justin Herbert, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So he could, he could fucking slip into that category as well. Acts like he's playing Madden all the time. Um, 
Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, you go back to that first game, you go back to him hiring a fucking, like, a, like who, what head coach hires an assistant coach to fucking have him help? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's not good for the Broncos, for sure. And what is obviously a deep division, or what we thought was a deep division. Um, Chargers, Broncos tonight. Should be a good one, bro. Hopefully Chewy enjoys that one. I got the Chargers. Should be. Chargers, big time. Should be. Even though the Broncos are on prime Kirby's been beat and... Yeah, I mean, just wild, bro. Keeping up all this shit. Um, all right, well, it's fucking pouring. I need to. Shit sucks. Is it? It's is fucking it pouring there. Pouring it was pouring at my house. earlier. It's yeah. sunny. It's sunny as could be. Sunny as could be here right now. It's yeah, absolutely early. fucking downpouring here. Um, so that's gonna suck. For the rest of today. Um. I bet it clears up. It cleared up here. Yeah. Oh, so I know you saw the uh, Victor away Wembyamba guy, right? The or the fucking the big. I'm gonna start calling him Big yeah. V because I don't even know how to yep. pronounce his last name. And he's by far gonna be the. He's by far the fucking number one pick in the draft. Um. God, I hope the Thunder can get him and fucking team him up with Chet Holmgren and the holy fuck, dude, that'd be incredible. No, fuck that, fuck that. No, no fuck no, that. No, no fuck no. Good... F- fuck yes. Like you want him to go to the Spurs? Like this is the dude that I want Greg Pop to have no, for his last really. five years. No, fuck that. I that's mean, uh, that's what I'd say to that too. I would. What I'd re- what I'd really like to happen is it to be one of those things where. Almost like what happened to the Spurs with Tim Duncan, where they were the good team, had a down year, and then David Robinson came back after being hurt, and they had two studs. Like, what if? Like, here we go. I think the Hornets could be a bottom five team in the league this year. Lamelo's hurt right now. Miles Bridges isn't on the team. Like, I think the Hornets could literally be the worst team that's not intentionally trying to be the worst team. So, like, minus Spurs and the Thunder, maybe. I would much rather see him go there and his first year be playing with like. Lamelo an NBA caliber point guard, and like maybe have one or two other decent guys on a team like that. That would be fun to me. Um, but the Pelicans have the Lakers picks. If the Lakers really bottom out and something goes wrong this year, like I don't know, that would be a pretty crazy team for him to go on. Like I don't know, that some, even Lakers Rockets, have the like, number one fucking pick. Jalen Green and some of You're those guys. You're fucking sick. They, Lakers aren't no, getting the number no. one pick. They're not gonna have the number one. Pick. Well, it's a lottery. The top five teams, the top five worst records have even odds of getting the number one pick. So the worst team and the fifth worst team have even odds of getting the worst pick. So you never know what could happen. I don't think they're going to get it. And it's also a lottery. Other teams could get it. But I don't know. Rockets, Thunder, or not Rockets, Thunder, Rockets, Hornets would probably be my two picks where I'd be like, yeah, at least it'd be fun. Maybe some other fun players on the team. But fuck, I mean, like, look, I still think the Thunder are in a great spot with their picks, but the Thunder. Shit's getting old. It's not their fault Chet Holmgren got hurt this year, but like I can already see how this, this is going to be another year of tanking. Oh, they're just they're not gonna not tank God. for one. They're not gonna not tank for one Yama with Chet Holmgren out. And like I'm just I don't wanna watch teams tank over and over and over and over, but whatever. I'm sure it would be cool once. You know what's ha- you know what's been happening bottoms. really since we've been potting? I love it. Like now you're turning into me when it comes to the Thunder. And I'm turning into you when no, it comes to the fucking future. James Harden, and everywhere else, we're we're morphing, we're morphing into 
I might have to change the names on the on the screen over here. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I still think the Thunder have one of the best futures in the league. Just like I'm as a here fan, we fucking I'm sick go. of like having them on TV and just being like, oh, who's playing tonight? Oh, SGA is not playing again. Their only good player. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch that shit anymore. God, I wish I I wish I had enough balls. It, okay. If Chet Holmgren didn't got get hurt, which I am fucking fuming about, we already had a podcast about this, should not be playing. Like, shouldn't be playing. Haven't been on an NBA court yet. You're all fucking playing some bullshit fucking summer gym. Like, that's dumb as fuck to me. But I'll digress on that. You're out for the entire fucking season. My best friend is telling me I'm in for another tanking season. If they had Chet Holmgren, Rich, I think the Thunder would could have a better record this season than the, than the Knicks. I don't think that's crazy. If Chet Holmgren was on the team, I think the Thunder could have a better record than the Knicks. So, you saying that the Thunder are bottom feeders and fucking tanking again? Honestly, I think they're going to be better than they were last year, and they're still not going to be as good because fucking Chet's not on the court because he decided to go do that. So, no, I don't don't have the Thunder finishing last in the West. I know that. I got the Spurs doing that but it's two different sides of it. Like, I think the Thunder are doing the right thing. I'm not, I'm not like all these idiots are tanking it. Like, no, if Chet Holmgren's hurt, like based on the team you have, you can't do shit. You might as well, you might as well tank for the most generational talent we've ever seen. Maybe So like, I get it. I'm not mad at them for doing it. Just as a basketball fan, I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm not rooting for it to pay off for them, but they're in a great spot. They very easily could end up with him. They probably have like, that if there's betting odds somewhere, they're probably the betting favorites to end up for him. I was gonna say, bro, even if we don't get that pick, like with all these picks, you might as well fucking plop them all together, bro, and just get this dude. That's well, that's the interesting question, though. Like, so if he's, uh, yes, I agree. I would yeah, do it. Like, what are you talking about? This is I, this I is literally gonna be the best player to come no, out no, since LeBron that's, James. That's not the question. That's not the question. The question is, does another team say yes? Like, as crazy as it sounds, if the Spurs get the number one pick and you come to them like, yo, here are 10 first round picks in the next three drafts. Like I'm trying to put myself in the position of like the guy that's about to get Victor Wembanyama. If he's actually as good as people say he could be, then you lost that trade. Even if you got 10 first round picks, because there's no other guy. Like imagine if someone had, no, 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 listen, like imagine if someone had traded LeBron James, the Cavs traded the pick for LeBron and instead got, 10 future first-round picks, even 20 future first-round picks. Even if they drafted well, they weren't getting LeBron. Like, they weren't getting that guy. So, yes. I think, I truthfully think if I was a GM, because you got to remember, if you're a GM that trades the number one pick that was Victor Wembanyama, then that is your career. No one is going to forget that you traded that pick. So, I don't think a GM's trading it. Like, I really don't. Like, you would probably have to be like, you're 30, it would have to be something absurd. Like, you're 25 picks to the point where, like, you can't say no. Like, I don't think eight picks, 10 picks, 12 picks is getting it done. Cause it's like, what am I going to get? 10, like at best 10, like number 10 picks or something like that. That's not worth the generational number one talent coming through and forever. So like, I agree with you. If I was a Thunder fan, if I was Sam Presti, my first move after the lottery, if I was the two pick or the three pick would be like, whatever you want, here it is. We're getting him. But like, as the other team, I, I don't know if I would take that. I think I'd rather have the guy who like, we think is the next LeBron, Jordan, Zion, whatever you want to say. Huh. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting like, to see how these teams at the bottom start going once things start going. Uh, I mean, it's going to be like a race to the bottom. I mean, this dude. If 
if Wembenyama came into the league and had like I'm trying I'm trying to think of like the example, just like a spectacular first season, like rookie of the year, like LeBron's rookie year wasn't even like the greatest rookie year ever, but he was really good. You could tell you had something. Like if Wembenyama came out and did that, the GM that traded the pick would be fired. Like he would be fired before the end of the year, but before he ever saw any of those picks he traded for, they'd be like, "You're a fucking idiot, what, get out of here." Like, I hold on a second, hold on. Hold, let me just say this last thing on the, on that point, which is, if you're if we're starting a team, right? You're, you know, NBA my team, whatever. We're starting an NBA franchise. We're both GMs, and you're getting the first pick, and you can have the first pick, LeBron James or Big Vic, and I'm gonna get. I'm going to get t- 10 picks in the first round for we, like the trade you proposed to me. Now, the chances of me getting that that unreal dude are not great, but do you not think I have the chance to build a better team than you with that many picks? No. Not, like no, I can't get I can't get a those... couple of top top-notch NBA players in the first round of two different drafts and have th- a big 3 up against your big 1 that we saw LeBron struggling what? with and joining for big 3s. Like, what's the, I guess my response would be, like, what's the best drafting we've ever seen by a GM in a short period of time? Maybe Sam Presti with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and Ibaka. That might be it. And that's, like, the unheard of, like, hitting a gold mine. Like, he had Kevin Durant, one of the top ten players. Yeah. There. So, like, that's, like, imagine you trade that Durant-LeBron-type guy, and, like, that's almost what you have to do to make it worth it. And that's hitting on, like, everything that came through. And the other hard thing is, like, Think of all the young teams that are in the lottery each year, like the Magic, the Thunder, like all these teams that are Pistons that have been there forever. Like it's hard to hit on those picks Pal. even if you have every year consistent picks. Like I don't you don't I don't think you trade the lock number one for oh, here's a couple other like really good pieces. It's like, well, one amazing piece usually beats a couple other really good pieces. Like if you if you were gonna ask someone like last example, you're like would you rather have a Luca or a Giannis or a, one of those guys, or would you rather have like a team full of Desmond Baines, like just great players? It's like, well, like, nah, give me the Luca and the Giannis, and I'll figure the rest out. Like, there's plenty of great players. It's the NBA. I want like the elite players. Like, I don't think you're trading women Yama for good pieces, personally. But everyone's got their price. They could, if you're going to throw in thirty picks, like it's going to be, it's going to be hard to say no to that. But. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. That's that's an other very interesting storyline to the bottom of the NBA standings that we're going to be paying attention to this year. Yeah, for it's sure. It's going to happen. This is going to happen. I hope the Thunder don't get the first pick because I want to see like what the offer is. Like They're going to do this. They're going to be like, at least here's 10 picks. And the other team's going to say no. And then it's going to be like, okay, here's, what are they going to do, 12, 15, 8? Like, or the I don't other know. team what says yes. And I'm moving to Oklahoma City. I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't think they do. Because, like, look, whatever the first offer is, they don't say yes because OKC has so many picks. And, you know, Presti, like, can pay the price that you want. But I literally think it would take, like, at least 15 first-round picks to get it done, which sounds absurd. But, like. We got them. We're good to go. Absurd? We're good to go. Yeah. i would do it. I'd fucking do it. I hope we do it. I hope I we get big. I, I think I would too if I was the Thunder. What else? You, you want twin towers with Pogaseski just... and Chet Holmgren? Fuck that! Give me Chet Holmgren and Big Vic. Shy at the point, I'm ready to go. Thunder fucking winning a title in three years. I mean, that would be a super exciting team with Lou Dort still there too. Oh, like, that'd yeah, be incredible. They, that'd be fucking. It's incredible. just like an enormous 
ceiling raiser. For See, the, the, yeah. the tough thing is, is because I, heading into this NBA season, I kind of had a feeling that this was how it's going to go, especially with Chet going down. Like, I literally had my heart ripped out before the season even started. So mm-hmm. it's like, I know we're not going to probably be the team that is creeping up towards the plane, even though I hope. I thought we could be with Chet. I really did thought we could be with Chet, even though obviously we've talked about how deep it is in the NBA. I think the Thunder can compete. I think the Thunder can compete. But this year, like you said, it's kind of like, well, here's another wasted year. Kind of like how I felt about my Giants, and now all of a sudden they have a head coach and an offense coordinator and defense coordinator. It's amazing what coaching does um, when you basically have the same roster going. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, the Thunder basically have the same roster going, so I, I don't see much changing with, obviously, Chet not being there. Um, and that is obviously not good for Thunder fans leading into the new NBA season that Rich says that we're going to be tanking. Fucking. You could be, you could be the uh, Denver uh, Nuggets mascot who gets paid $625,000 annually on a salary. Rocky? Rocky the... Rocky the mascot? Yep. He makes 10 times more than the average uh, professional NBA mascot, which is typically around 60000 Like, what the fuck? How is he making that he much was, more? He, I don't understand. What is he doing? Because he, he does, does those flips and shit? shit? Like, he's, al- he's <laughs> always, like, the one that makes Instagram pages of doing, like, crazy flips and shit like that. That's like, I mean, I'm surprised it's that much more than the other ones, but he does wild stuff. I just want to know who that dude is under the fucking costume. Like, can that dude just do a fucking... Can he just do some type... Like, I just want to know who that guy is. Can he do a podcast? Every motherfucker with a pulse has a podcast, and this dude can't fucking do it. You're not You're not supposed to say anything. My, uh, my dad's roommate... My dad went to UConn. My dad's roommate in college was... Uh, Jonathan the Husky, like the mascot for all the UConn. You're not supposed to like tell that. people who the mascot is? No, no. That's At least that's what my dad said when his, his roommate was at, like, way back in the day at UConn. But, Dude, yeah. fuck that. If I was the mascot, I'd be fucking, I'd be like, yo, I'm the fucking mascot at this bitch. Yeah, I'd be fucking flaunting that shit everywhere, especially if I was making 625000 a year doing it. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, maybe it's a little different at... <laughs> Professional. I don't know. Maybe it's a little different at a professional. It's your actual job. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much shit on the internet, dude. It's a fucking cesspool. <laughs> so crazy. You see that major fishing scandal that the guy's getting arrested for? Going to jail? No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Fishing tournament. Dude, fucking was catching fish they won like they won like a hundred thousand dollars in a fishing tournament they were they've done this multiple times too like they've won tournaments multiple times they were the the fish they were catching they were stuffing other fish in like in weights that you put on the bottom of like the uh hook and shit to get your shit to go to the bottom fishing i don't know how much you know about it stuffing that shit in the fish to make them way more they were making the fish way more because what you do at a fishing tournament is you weigh the fish and the people catching the fish are like, yo, what the fuck? My shit's the same size as these, and this dude's got f- five pounds more than me? What's going on? They cut the fish open, and they were fucking cheating, stuffing shit inside the fish to make them way heavier. Straight out of the fucking Astros wow. playbook. Fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm so fucking... People that cheat, I just fucking can't stand. I The Astros and the ALCS again, I I can't even say what I, what I want to say. I might turn into fucking Alex Jones on this bitch. 
They might fucking cancel me out. Shut me the fuck down. What a fucking joke. Matt Rule got fired and Baker Mayfield sucks. Yep. Those are both true. Matt Rule. I saw what was the thing on that. He's about to get paid. A... <laughs> fuck that. Matt Rule is a f- dumb as fuck. Yeah, he's getting paid a shitload of money to sit on his couch for the next year or two. Oh, uh, yeah, a ton. 834000 a month, to be exact, for the next 48 months. That's tough. Panthers are definitely the worst team in the NFL. And I'm feeling so good about my Baker Mayfield takes. It's ridiculous. That dude's about to be out of the league. Um, wonder where CMC goes. Yeah, I've been seeing that too. That'll be very interesting to see. If that happens, then watch out. I saw the I saw the uh rough into the passer penalty on Tom Brady, that embarrassing bullshit call that he got for another win. Yeah, I, I assume you saw that, right, Rich? Yeah. I saw the league step in because yep. there was the next night fucking another bullshit pass interfer or rough in the passer penalty on fucking the Chiefs or yeah, was it the Chiefs or the Raiders? They won the game. No, it wasn't the Chiefs. Who the fuck were they playing? They played Broncos. Yeah, it was the Bron. Nah. I don't remember what the second it was. One definitely was Derek about. Carr. I know the Falcons. Break. Oh no, it was the Chiefs. Yeah, it was the Chiefs. It was Chiefs Raiders. They were literally back to back nights. Okay. Tom Brady is the fucking glorified one. Of course, of course he is because he fucking gets saved again. And I saw some hits yesterday in which they would a hundred percent have been flagged. Normally, so it uh, looks like the NFL's cranking that down again. I don't know. What well, they would have been flat, meaning like they're saying the refs made the right call. No, meaning like they. The thing that I think is the best about the NFL, but also the worst about the NFL, and we've talked about this a little bit, you know, with the hoops and shit too, is like, uh, they're very like. They make those, it's because the season goes by quick and it's gone. Like they make changes week to week in the NFL, really. Fucking rules changes, can't, all the shit. And the roughing the passer penalty. I mean, Tua, once Tua got slammed to the ground and pretty much defecated on himself and everyone's like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, They're, they're not letting do, you get a concussion in the NFL now, you're not getting back in the game. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that over the past three, four games. Uh, that That's the Tua effect. And then the two effect that came out of that was the rough in the passer thing, which two weeks in a row literally saved games for two teams. And then my point is, yesterday I saw three or four hits that Tom Brady would have got a flag for that weren't called. One of them in the Dallas, it was the Dallas Eagles game last night. 100% he would have got a call. So my point is that, well, now they're telling him not to call it. It's... It's just, I wish they just stuck it's, with the shit, dude. I wish they just stuck I mean, with the like, shit because this is when, this is the shit that gets me bothered by Tom Brady gets this help, but then when he's losing games, it's everyone else's fault. Him screaming at the fucking O-line and, and his receivers aren't there and the defense didn't play well. But every game he wins, he's incredible. He's fucking the best player we've ever seen play football. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this shit is just... It's just getting sick to me at this point. He, he's ruin. He's ruining. He's ruining it for himself. He really is. And I, I'm. It makes me feel so good inside. I don't feel one ounce of bad for him. This is what you get for fucking leaving your family and your wife. You're gonna fucking go out playing like shit, and that's what he deserves. Fucking piece of garbage. <laughs> it's gonna be wild when they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's gonna be wild when they don't make the playoffs too. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the more likely outcome. 
Oh, man. All right, brother. I'm going to wrap it up, see how my dog's doing. I don't know. Get something to eat and try and get my life together, I guess, before sports start tonight. All right, man. Good luck with uh, good luck with Cali. Yeah, it should be good. Fun. I'll hopefully talk to you soon. We'll try and link up. Enjoy the hoops this week. For sure. I'll talk to you. All right, peace, Later, dude. Bro. Richie Dingbat, my good friend Richie Dingbat, happy I made it back, got some stuff out today, sports-wise, non-sports related, try and get that here on the way out, might as well wrap it up here, the podcast for the day. See what I got. Let's see what I got. Oops. So, yep, another two weeks, month, three weeks. It's just crazy the amount of time that goes by. Um, <laughs> when you're following the sports, not following the sports, whatever you're doing. I mean, just the weeks, they just zip on by, go on by, month goes by, summer goes by. Next thing you know, it's winter. Football's here. Next thing you know, you're halfway third through the winter. It's been a weird correlation of that stuff happening where I see all this stuff going on in the world around me, in the state around me, in the country around me, whatever. Whatever you want to get informed about or read about and hear about on news outlets, sports outlets, social media, whatever you want to do. It's all there for you. It's all there. It's for everybody for the taking. Um, It's really wild to me how things have kind of shaked out for me personally since I started the podcast and like to now see where I'm at now, not only with the podcast, but just also personally. Um, My brother, very happy for him. Finally, trying to do something different which is i'm very sad in a sense where i'm not going to see him as much my brother moved 900,000 miles away down Atlanta Georgia somewhere in Georgia I'll still have to figure out where the fuck he's at exactly so maybe I can go see him um and he was really the last person here for me that actually gives a fuck about me um as I've suffered a lot of tragedy and loss and just haven't been in the best circumstances with my dad, which is just constantly bringing me down on top of my dog not being good and obviously all the other things that have happened to me that I've talked about here on the podcast now losing just one thing after another. And it just never ends with everything going on elsewhere and then everything going on for you, right? You got your stuff going on and then you got everything else going on elsewhere, right? The outside, the in your town, the in your state, the in your country, the around the world. And it's just so unbelievable to me how many people there are out there and everyone's saying something and got something to say. And that's all they're right uh, i see all the time everyone talking about how they everyone's got a podcast now doing a podcast and that's definitely had me down for a minute but shouldn't have me down because i started this shit over two three years ago and i should be doing this more because i like doing this and i have passion for doing this regardless of what people think about me and what i have to say just like everybody else 
And I've kind of gotten back into that realm now that I'm here, not worried about making too much noise for my brother's girlfriend who works from home, and she got a new job, and all up and dandy for them. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for myself, even though things aren't always great. And that's something I've learned to get much better with, which is when it comes to support, I don't have much really anymore when it comes to the podcast or the things that I'm doing, which I kind of just feel like I'm off doing for myself on my own. And I guess it's part of growing up. Everyone gets more mature, gets more experience and wisdom and all the stuff that comes with that. But I've always had this weird... philosophy outlook in general since I was in a little kid I remember this stuff and growing up and being competitive and having passion and having an opinion and just talking about sports or non-sports things that I see that mean something to me really have changed uh how I feel about things going on out there really because at the end of the day I know that it's all about having a platform and getting stuff out there and monetizing and doing all this stuff but nobody can take away somebody's happiness and whenever you find it try and hold on to it you will miss it dearly when it is gone And yeah, then I get a bunch of consumption of sports and non-sports and all kinds of other stories and tragedies and cops getting shot and people's house getting flooded and fucking all kinds of fucked up shit. The COVID, people on their fifth boosters now. I mean, when you really think about all the things that have happened since I started this podcast, started creating content, over 250 fucking episodes. And I can't even get a lick of, a, of people checking my shit out. And you got people that are out here doing degenerate shit, fucking saying dumb shit, not even informative, fucking just got their Twitch app up, talking about the games, chatting, shouting people out in the subs. The whole thing's fucking stupid to me. I'm like, what the fuck are these people doing? And then again, I have to like take a step back and I'm like, well, that's what maybe makes them happy. (laughs) And the whole moral of this rant is, and I've said this multiple times during my podcast before, it's so hard to be happy sometimes. It is so fucking hard to be happy. Even, Even if you're in a happy moment, there's still shit going on inside. There's still other outside effects. There could be something that could be happening next week that you don't even know about yet. Or that happened last week that you're still thinking about. And it's just a constant fucking grind, bro. And I envy these people that have these perfect situations and nothing bad has ever happened. And you got anything you want and everything you want and all the support and anything and everything you want to do is right there in front of you. That is fucking spectacular. I am so happy for you. There is not enough people like that. And I just want to say that the people that are like that... It just makes you think, oh, what if that was me? Oh, what if what if this shit was happening to them? No, you can't do it that way. You just have to 
keep going with what is in front of you. And I've been battling so fucking hard to get over so many things and to get over getting back here on the podcast solo and talking about things that I see in sports and non-sports and showing my passion for speaking to anybody or myself. And I've started this over here a couple times in the middle, the ending of the podcast. I've had so much on my mind when it comes to all this shit. I feel like I come in and I can't even do it because I got so much to talk about and so many notes and so many games and scores and predictions and all that is fucking great. It really is. All that is unbelievably great. At the end of the day, it's tough for me to look past people that are struggling, people that are going through something, people that are dealing with loss, tragedy, people that are dealing with trying to get away from the pain, the hurt, the sadness. The shit that people actually deal with a lot more than you think that nobody wants to talk about. That nobody wants to come out and say, yeah, this is what's happening to me. Everybody just wants to ask, oh, how are you doing? And everybody just says, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. Whatever they want to say when it comes to that bullshit. And it's a bunch of fake bullshit to me. Like, I'm always just trying to be the most authentic I can be when it comes to... Everything about me, head to toe. I've tried to live that through all the things that I've been dealing with. By, like I said, doing things I like to do more of. Golfing. Tatting myself up. Spending time with my dog. Doing things with my girlfriend who means the absolute world to me. And supports me. I don't know honestly what I would do without her at this point. With all the things that have kind of transpired since I met her literally over seven, eight months ago now. And time just keeps on zipping on by and going on by. At the end of the day, I'm happy with where I'm at, even though it's not great. But it could get better or it could get worse. And that's just what life is. And the more that I've come to just accept this bullshit, the more I've come to just Find that happiness again, where it's the little things, it's the podcast for the day. It's maybe not podcasting for a month and coming back and doing it, because who the fuck cares if anybody wants to hear from me or not? I'll just speak when I want to speak. I'll say what I want to say. And I keep striving to get more people to come on the podcast, to keep the podcast going, because I never, ever want to give up, never want to quit. And that's the mentality I've had since a little kid. Sports, non-sports, bets, everything. All about it. It's just a passion, competitiveness. And it's a lot. It's I'm a fucked up individual. Like, I'm messed up. Like, I don't need somebody to tell me I'm messed up. I don't need to go to somebody to find out I'm messed up. I already know I'm messed up. Uh, it's just out there and blatant. It's right out in the open and for the taking. And I've... Learn to accept that even people that are totally not messed up and then have something messed up to them, well, that can mess them up. So it's just, it's all fucking, it's all perspective. It's all about what the shit that happens and it's all fucking, I've always been like this, man. You can die anytime, anything can happen any day, anything can happen any minute. It's all, it's all messed up and you just got to try and enjoy it as much as you can because it goes by so quick and it's very precious. Should be back hopefully around this week. Hopefully, 
Maybe I'll hear from Chu. Otherwise, I'll be back solo. We'll see how these baseball games shake out. I'll have a couple things to say on that. Got a couple things to say on college football. Threw them in a little bit. We'll watch the NFL game tonight and get ready for week seven in the NFL already, which is unreal. All right, that's all I had for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, don't no shame what I say. Much love to everybody here that checks out the podcast. This is the Seggy Station. We'll see you all next time. Deuces. Peace and love.